The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Bully Ray dive into Monday Night Raw. Sammy and KO, are they now together? We'll find out. Also, Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman going at it once again. And also, Bully goes into storytelling and emotional investment in pro wrestling. We do that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I want to start with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to open up the show last night. And obviously, Sami apologizing for everything that he's done to Kevin Owens. And I feel like that segment last night, Bully, was... Definitely something that we're getting with this new regime of Triple H on creative that we wouldn't have gotten in years prior. And that is, they didn't give everything to you all at once. I have a feeling, and I've seen we've seen it a million times, where there's a wrestler who did really bad things to another wrestler asking for, get, for forgiveness, and usually he gets that forgiveness. I kind of like that they're being patient here with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, where Kevin Owens isn't buying it right now. You know, Sami Zayn's getting emotional. He's asking for his forgiveness. Let's take down the bloodline. And, you know, like Kevin Owens is like, man, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm not ready to forgive you. Why don't you go ask your buddy Jay to help you? Like, I kind of like they're being a little patient with this story, Bully. They've been very patient with the entire bloodline story. There's no reason why they shouldn't be patient with this aspect of Kevin and Sammy moving forward because we think we're going to get Kevin and Sammy teaming up against the Usos. What fun would it be if we if they came together last night and they were all of a sudden miraculously a team against the Usos going to WrestleMania? We still got about six weeks of uh, you know uh, of television to to fill, and I and yeah. I'd rather see some compelling story by the two. Uh, the, the Kevin was so stoic last night. As if to say, yes, Amy, we have so much history together. I'm going to listen to what you have to say, but I really could give a shit less because I have been fighting the bloodline on my own and you had every opportunity to save me. And I saved you for my own, you know, for my own family. So if it's help you're looking for, you're, you're, you're looking to the wrong guy, go ask your guy, you know, Jay, you know, Jay Uso. And, and I was totally fine with that chapter of their story. I did find something interesting. You know how much I listen, Dave, to the crowd 
and how I listen to the entrance. Anybody who understands the wrestling industry will tell you everything you need to know about how over you are. You will know the minute the, the first uh, note of your music is hit. The, the minute the, gr- the glass breaks, you knew how o- over Steve Austin was. Last night, Sammy's music hit got a great response. Not the same response he got at the chamber, but he got a great response last night. I thought Kevin got a better response. He did. What, what did you th- Okay, you thought so also. He, he did. And and it was a very weird crowd because Ke- like Sami Zayn came out. Everybody stands up. Everybody's applauding. He got a nice pop. Like, as you said, not nearly what he got in Montreal, but that's understandable. And that's kind of like what we've been talking about with Sammy. Once you get him out of Montreal, is he going to get those monster pops? The one thing that I noticed with Sammy last night, and again, great reaction when he came out, but immediately as he got into the ring and he took his microphone and took the microphone, you saw just everybody sit down. Like in Montreal, everybody was still standing when he took that microphone because they really wanted to hear what he had to say. The one thing I noticed, as soon as he grabbed that mic and began to talk, all the fans in the arena, with the, with the exception of a very few at ringside, began to sit down. And I will say this about a town like Ottawa. You know, every once in a while, you get these towns that or cities that are truly standouts, your Chicago's, your Philadelphia's, your Montreal's and your Toronto's because they have notoriously, you know, lively crowds. Then you get your, your towns that sometimes you just can't count on them. I, I don't really remember Ottawa ever being some off the chart city. Um, I don't think the WWE goes to Ottawa very often, maybe it's a once or twice a year thing, which would dictate that they probably should be a bit more lively. But last night, I didn't get that feeling from them. Like you said, they, they sat down. It almost seemed like they were more of a respectful crowd, if anything else. Like, like if I was somebody from Ottawa, I would say right now, well, well, we cheered for him when he came out and then we sat down because we wanted to hear what he had to have, you know, had to say. Which would be a very, you know, legitimate and viable uh, um, reasoning. Yes. But that doesn't necessarily bode well for the superstar. Um, Moving forward, it's going to to be interesting to hear the reactions Sammy gets and Cody gets moving into Mania and their respective stories. Yeah, and, and, you know, you mentioned about crowd reaction, and you you mentioned it last week with AEW Dynamite where the crowd wasn't as invested as we usually get with a Dynamite crowd, and you kind of pick up on some more things in the ring because the crowd isn't as distracting and you're not getting as involved into the matches because the crowd's a little bit subdued. I think it's the same thing last night with Monday Night Raw. It It just didn't feel as special last night because the crowd was pretty subdued last night. So those moments in the ring with Sammy on the microphone or Cody on the microphone, it didn't seem as big because you're not getting that same crowd reaction that we've been getting the last few weeks. Well, especially with the Cody thing, I think you bring up a good point where Heyman was on the Tron and he wasn't in the ring with Cody. I'm not a fan of that at all. I always like, my, those type of stories to be live live for whatever reason they did it the way they did 
listen, after we talk about it today, nobody going to be talking about it anymore. The WWE is going to move on, hit that next uh, plot point in their story um, across the board, and, and we'll see what happens. I just think, you know, we talked about from day one, Sammy affecting Cody. Did I think, do I think Sammy affected Cody last night? Absolutely not. I was just not overwhelmed by what I heard from Heyman and Cody last night. And it, it, it I don't, I, I don't want to use the word, but I'm going to use the word. It felt a little forced last night. Okay. I, and I'm not saying I disagree with you, but there were some things from that and we will get into that in just a second after the break, but when you look at Sammy and you look at Kevin Owens, what do you think this is ultimately going to get us to? Because obviously, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, Jay Uso is really that wild card in that story. So I'm very interested to see how they get there. But I'm guessing you're still thinking that mania, we're going to get Owens and Zayn against the Usos. I mean, if not that, then what? And that's my only good answer. Like, like we need a strong world tag team championship match. The story is right there in front of us. How is it going to come together? That's the intriguing part to me. How are they going to bring this story all together? Because after last night, it doesn't seem like Kevin wants any part of Sammy's fight against the bloodline, let alone be his partner, you know, going into WrestleMania and challenging for the tag championships. Eventually, Sammy and Kevin will come together. Hopefully, that's a great moment for the company. Or maybe they're going to do the reverse of what they did on SmackDown, where we know, you know, where 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 Sammy, not Sammy, where Jay Uso showed up at the last minute. Maybe going into WrestleMania, the match is supposed to be the Usos versus Sammy Zayn and a partner of his choosing. Sammy asked Kevin. Kevin either says no or doesn't can't make up his mind. And then at WrestleMania, Kevin actually joins Sammy and, you know, they have the match. Let's hear what the nation has to think from what we saw on Raw last night. Let's go to Steve in New York. Steve, what did you want to say about this whole Sammy and Owen situation on Raw last night? We're talking about uh, the Usos versus Owens and Zayn at WrestleMania. I got to say, guys, I think where this is going is uh, we're going to have Jimmy and uh, can you uh, can versus... you please can you please mafia kick that child and tell the no. shut up please? <laughs> I just, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of here, but before I do, let me just say we're gonna get Sammy and uh, Jay versus Jimmy and Solo Sequoia at WrestleMania. That's where it's going. Uh, it gives us a, a match on Monday Night Raw, Jimmy versus Jay to see which of the two groups gets to hold the champs going into Mania. That's going to be the match, and they're going to give Kevin Owens something with a legend. I better go look after this baby. Okay, no, 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 yes. wait, 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 what was the, what was the, the final, what were the matches you suggested that they were going to have? He said, uh, oh, Sammy no. and Jay, Sam, go take your, care of your child. I got this, Steve. I got you. Uh, he said, you know, Sammy and Jay versus Sola Sokoa and Jim and Jimmy Uso. That's interesting. Sammy and Jay versus Solo and Jimmy and Jimmy. But where does that leave Kevin, Dave? That's the thing. I don't know where that leads leads Kevin. But like he in his mind, Kevin Owens is bailing out saying this isn't my fight anymore. This is on you. 
And then we're talking about Jay. We're thinking that Jay is going to turn on Sammy. Maybe Jay doesn't turn on Sammy. Maybe, maybe Jay does align himself with Sammy. You mentioned yesterday about that fist bump, you know, or maybe it was Mark that, that talked about that fist bump saying that you're the true head of the table. Maybe, maybe we're looking at Jay Uso completely the wrong way. Not a not a bad idea, but by Australian guy with screaming baby in background. <laughs> but are you more intrigued by that match, or would you rather see something a little bit more traditional, like Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos? You know what? I I think I like our I I think I like Steve the Australians idea a little. With screaming bit more. baby in background. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. I didn't mean to cut down your name, Steve. Steve from Australia with screaming baby in the backgrounds idea because it's it's a it's a little bit different it's to me it's a little bit more intriguing we've seen Sammy and, and Kevin you know against each other teaming with each other we've seen that in some formation for years but maybe again Jay, Jay Uso's the wild card here i wouldn't mind it and also it would be intriguing storyline wise if they aligned themselves so then are the tag championships defended in that match? No. Or or maybe, or I don't know. How do you do that? Because because the reason, mm, I don't know. Because, because Jay like Uso is one. when I serve up these simple curveballs, don't you? <laughs> they're, not, they're not simple by any means. They're complex. Because, you know, could you have Solo Sokoa defending the tag team titles? You know, maybe, maybe some kind of free bird rule where Solo Sokoa is part of that. We saw it recently with the Judgment Day not that long ago. So, I mean, listen, the- that that's a pretty easy hurdle for the WWE to get over. They'll just say that, you know, you know, uh, Jimmy's got to choose somebody and Jimmy chooses Solo. And then they say Sammy's got to choose somebody. So it's almost, okay, so what if we, what if we thought like this, Dave? Kevin turns Sammy down. Yes. Jay turns Jimmy down. And then yep. Jimmy goes to Solo, who said begrudgingly says yes. Roman makes him do it. And then Sammy and Jay are a team. I love the idea of Sammy and Jay as a team. Sammy and Jay having to come together to fight this fight is very quite intriguing. But I'm just not sure if the tag straps are defended. And is that really that big of a deal? I don't know if it's that big of a deal. Or maybe something happens between now and Mania where those titles are dropped. I don't know. But, I mean, I feel like it's... I think, like, a lot of what we've been seeing, even though the story has been great and how they've gotten there, it's been kind of predictable. Like, you can pretty much predict what was going to happen. This is something completely outside the box that I don't think people are going to see coming. And... You know, right now, why would Jay turn on Sammy? I get the spear, you know, that Sammy gave Jay Uso, but that was because of Roman. So, I mean, they could go in that direction. I don't know. It's interesting storytelling to me. Do you feel like they're more on track right now? When it comes to this tag situation, Jimmy, Jay, Sammy, Kevin, and we'll just throw Solo in there because the caller mentioned his name. Do you think that they're, as of last night, are they on the right track or off the beaten path a little bit? I think they're on the right track. 
Okay. Because because for me, Bully, you had to get off the Cody, you know, the Cody road to WrestleMania. And I think they're doing that. And I think that's even a question for the Busted Open Nation at this point. We're only a couple of days removed from Elimination Chamber, Bully. So, like, are people now with this story and how intriguing this story could possibly be, are they kind of off of, like, Sammy being in the main event against Roman? And, you know, this is two days in a row where we got a very interesting, creative call. Yesterday, somebody called in, and I believe I told them it was the one of the best creative uh, call-ins that we've had from a nation member. And I really enjoyed uh, Australian guy with crying baby in backgrounds idea of uh, Jay and Sammy teaming together. I'd love to hear some more of those out, outside of the box ideas from the nation. But you know what, Bully, this is what creative storytelling will do. You know, like a lot of time, especially with WWE in the last few years before what we've seen these past six months, it was so predictable that you're almost on autopilot. You're not really thinking about, like, how are they going to get there? And, and Bully, let's face it, a lot of times, what was your answer to me when I would have questions? You would say, because. Because because there was no logical reason why they got there. But now they're putting logic behind everything that they're doing. When you do that and your attention is on what's going on storyline-wise, then you're going to be a little bit creative. Because you know why? Because the WWE has been creative when it comes to the Bloodline story. When you were talking, um, I was just thinking about what you said about Cody. I have another question for you. I know sometimes we, when we get into these conversations, you ask me a question, we never get a, an answer. And then I ask you a question. Sometimes we never get an answer. But do you feel we need to see Cody and Roman standing face to face with each other before we see them standing face to face with each other inside of a ring at WrestleMania? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think we do. Because it's still a little bit... I mean, Heyman's been doing a good job, and we'll get into the segment with Heyman, but I definitely want to get to some Nation members who have ideas about Sammy and, and Kevin Owens. But I feel like they need to. It feels like they've been... This this story has been so much about Sammy, they really got to make it about Cody. Even more <laughs> than just what we're seeing with Paul Heyman. Go ahead. It's you're crazy laughing. that you're saying that, yeah, because you're like, the story is more about Sammy than it is about Cody. And now how many weeks do we have left? Are we at five or are we at six? We have we've we have five more Monday Night Raws before we get to WrestleMania. Because and it seems because like, would you agree that after the Heyman promo last night, it seems like they're going to bring Brandy into the equation? He, Paul Heyman even mentioned his brother, Dustin in the promo last night. Do you feel that bringing everybody into the conversation waters down the attention on Cody? No, I think it adds to it. Fair enough. Bringing you inside the squared circle. It's at the fights. Everything is all settled. Everything is all agreed upon. I strongly feel that any second, any minute now, any hour, both Ryan and Tank uh, will be announcing. It's official. Gervonta Davis and Ryan Garcia is going to be happening on April 15th. Well, I got King Ryan in this one. Uh, Randy, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. Gervonta Davis is the champ. He's going to put the pressure on and take it to Ryan Garcia. At the fights. Mondays and Fridays from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You can't compare what we heard last night to what we heard when Cody and Heyman were in the ring together. It's impossible. But I did like what I heard from Heyman. And it was a little bit long. Maybe a little bit too long. Probably could have cut down just a little bit of what we saw in that segment. But I liked it. And the underlining theme bully about everything that we heard. And what we've been hearing between Cody and Heyman is personal. You know, once again, Paul Heyman got personal. He talked about, hey, if you become the undisputed WWE Universal Champion... Listen, you're going to spend a lot of time on the road. You got to spend a lot of time on the road. You got to make sure you defend that title every 30 days. You're going to be doing talk shows. One of the things that we talked about here on Busted Open, Bully, why I feel that Cody can be the face of the WWE and your next champion, because he would be great sitting on a sofa on a talk show or being on a daytime talk show or, or guest anchoring on ESPN. Cody could do 
all those things. Well, those things take time. Those things are going to take you away from your family. And this is where he starts talking about Brandy. He starts talking about Liberty, his child. That's time taken away from his family. And he said, you know, hey, this dream that you have could become your nightmare because you're not going to be the husband and the father that you are right now. And I, I found that pretty intriguing from Paul Heyman last night. And I understand why you would have liked it. I would have liked to have seen it told from a different point of view, or maybe they did tell it from this point of view, but it just wasn't said in a way that as a fan, I appreciated it. I would have loved to have hear Heyman say to Cody, you are going to become what your father was, but everything that your father was led to why your father was never around for you and you're never going to be around for your wife and your kid. I would have liked to have felt him go in a little deeper on that. Cody, where was Dusty when you turned 10? Cody, where was Dusty when you won your first state championship in wrestling? Cody, where was Dusty when you got your driver's license? Cody, where was Dusty when you turned 18? And Cody, where will you be when all of those things happen for your daughter? Cody, where are you going to be when your wife is crying at home one night because she doesn't know what to do because your little girl fell down and hurt herself? You'll be in, P in Peoria, Peoria, but at least you'll be the universal champion, right, Cody? You see how I just kind of made that a little bit more personal with a little bit more detail? That's what I would have liked to have heard from Heyman last night. Now, they definitely scratched the surface, and and you would know better than me, but I feel like when it came to Dusty and Cody, it was a lot different with Dusty and Dustin. And, and that's why Paul Heyman brought up Dustin's name in that promo last night because Dustin was really the one that felt that wrath more than Cody did. You know, Dusty wasn't around for Dustin's birthdays and holidays. And, you know, he really kind of was that absentee father for Dustin. But I don't think that was the case so much with Cody. Uh, Do I people think know Dustin, that? Uh, no, probably not. But I mean, I but but I feel but you know what? They've not in the WWE, but they kind of went there when it came to the story that they had in AEW. But um but that's why I would love to see Dustin in this story, and it's not going to happen. We just saw Dustin wrestle on Rampage last weekend, though I did like the fact that that Paul brought Dustin's name up in that promo last night. But he did bring up, hey, you know, you're not going to be that father. I liked what you just said, Bully, and you're right. You know, most of the fans, if not all the fans, wouldn't know that. So that would hit have hit a little bit more deeper and a little bit more personal. I felt like... I felt like Heyman went a little bit too far with like the days and he was talking about all the days and counting the days and bringing up the days of the year and the days. And like, I thought maybe they went a little bit too long with that, where it would have been better if he got a little bit more personal, but it definitely got personal at the end of that promo bully. Cause he did bring up Brandy and more about, you're not going to be there for Brandy and 
you know, he said, not Roman. You're not going to have to worry about Roman taking your place because Roman is a happily married man, but I'm not. And he, he went there and he went low um, and oh, very, very disrespectful when it came to what Heyman said to Cody last night in that promo. But I like what Cody said after that and the fact that, you know, what, enough of you. I've had enough of you. Enough of these promos with you. It's time to get face-to-face with Roman. But he also said something where, again, this goes back to a conversation, Bully, that we had with Mark yesterday, where Mark's like, you know what? Cody doesn't need to win at WrestleMania. He could do it down the road. And I disagreed with Mark. He needs to do it at WrestleMania. And Cody doubled down last night because he said, I have to finish this story at WrestleMania. It's do or die, bully, at WrestleMania. Because if Cody wins or loses this match at WrestleMania, the story ends at WrestleMania 39. How did you feel about them using similar terminology uh, in 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 the Sammy in the Sammy story and the Cody story, where Sammy said, "I have to finish my story or end my story," and Cody's using the same verbiage. That's interesting. You're right. It's 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 a, it's a little bit different, but doesn't it feel a lot more personal though with Cody than it did with Sammy? I think both issues are personal. I I, I never I never really gave that one much thought as to which one feels more personal. When Heyman said, when Cody said, enough of you, I don't want to see you anymore. And I want Roman, Mm -hmm. basically I want Roman face to face. This is exactly why I don't think I want to see Roman and Cody in the same ring until WrestleMania. That will be very, very different. If, 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 If Heyman comes out next week and says, you showed your hand, kid. Your father would have never showed his hand, but you just did. You said you want Roman and not me. Now you get me until April 2nd, because the more of Paul Heyman you get, the more frustrated you become. And the first time you lock eyes with Roman Reigns is when you'll be standing across from him in a ring surrounded by 80,000 people at the biggest match of your life fighting for a championship that your father never won and neither will you because at the end of the day, the American nightmare is no different than the American dream, a failure in the WWE. Wow. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot bully because he used the word personal. This needs to get even more personal as we get closer to WrestleMania. Anthony Smith on MMA Today. I knew that Islam was going to get takedowns and and I suspected that Volkanovski was going to be able to get up and make it a fight. But both of these guys really forced the other one to fight in areas where they're not super comfortable. I mean, Volkanovski wrestled a whole lot more than I I think he believed he was going to have to. And Islam was kind of hung out to dry up there on his feet and he really was able to show that he's a better striker than than I think we gave him credit for. MMA Today, Tuesdays through Thursdays from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Sirius XM, Fight Nation channel 156 let's go out to somebody who was there last night let's go to matt in montreal with the uh, with the the sammy and the uh, the kevin stuff being from montreal i was actually happy that sammy lost 
Um, I was happy Sammy lost because it gives so much more story. You know, now we end up having to have the reconciliation between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which kind of leaves time for Sammy to feud a little bit with Jay and get, you know, make them, you know, enemies again. And then you can reconcile with, say, Kevin and Sammy. Maybe maybe Kevin goes and, like, you know, hands, you know, you know, Sammy, like, uh, you know, a box and you look inside the box and it's, you know, it's an El Generico mask. And now they're back together. Kevin's like, hey, you know, this is the guy that I toured with. This is the guy that I want. Not the guy that's like the, you know, the Uso this and, the, you know, all that. This is the guy I want to go to battle with the bloodline with. You know, you know what, Matt? Wow. I mean, fantastic call. And thanks for the phone call, Matt. And obviously Matt agreed with us about how subdued that crowd was last night. But interesting what he said about Sammy. He actually likes this story more than Sammy and Roman. And I feel like because there's more, it, it actually is more adaptable to Sammy, this story, because it includes Kevin Owens than it does with Roman. It's also more realistic, right? Yes. Because despite the fact that they were able to have us suspend our disbelief, was it realistic that Sammy was going to beat Roman? No. All this stuff with, with Jimmy and Jay, a lot more realistic, right? Yes. Okay. And, you know, you just said personal. Like, the story with Cody and Roman is personal. And it's not really between Cody and Roman, but just like the family ties, not being able to win it. Now, Heyman has made it personal with the things that he said. But this story with Roman is more fitted for Cody. It, it's not fitted for Sammy. I never bought in that Sammy could beat Roman Reigns. Again, and I listen, as much... Time ahead, out. I just, I just want you to clarify. Going into the match, you never thought Sammy could beat Roman. But within the body of the match and with the story they were telling, you did have hope that Sammy could win. Yes or no? You were buying in. I was definitely buying into it. Yes. But, but I, I wanted to clarify that because that shows you how great of a match Sammy and Roman had. That is a five-star match. When they can make you suspend disbelief that much. There are so many things about Sammy and Roman that in my book make it five stars. The story, the fact that they didn't have to do much at all to have you in the palm of their hand. The fact that the false finishes and where they were placed meant so much and you bought into them across the board. Five-star performance, five-star match, five-star everything. And if I'm telling you it's five stars, it's freaking credible. Yes. You know what I did last night, Bully? Is because we talked about it a lot in... Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. I got to remember. I got to remember to ask you this question. Go ahead. Go. Okay. I went back and I watched Rock and Hogan from WrestleMania 18 last night. Okay. And the reason I did it, because we kind of related it. And you, you mentioned yesterday, that's the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. To me, that's a five-star match. And I went back and, and they, Rock and Hogan didn't do a hell of a lot in the ring. I mean, Hogan didn't do much at all in the ring. But they told a story in the ring that night. And the crowd was obviously as big a part of of the match as Rock and Hogan was. 
and obviously it surprised a lot of people that and and it's funny Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross were trying to trying to tell the story that the crowd was split for that match that crowd was not split during they that wanted match. Hogan. they wanted Hogan they wanted Hogan I mean to the point where whenever Rock got any offense in that match they were booing like they wanted Hogan to win that match and and you can feel there were a couple of times that even over overtook Hogan because I don't think he he was uh, expecting that type of a response from that crowd. To the point where when he does the Hulk up, he doesn't do it the traditional way. No, he doesn't. He it's almost like we got we got gypped of the Hogan comeback because he didn't do block uh, three or, or he didn't Hulk up and then you know yeah yeah punches I and then do yep. the you or whatever. <laughs> He did it in a different way, like almost like he was even taken out of the moment. But here's what I wanted to ask you, and I forgot to ask you yesterday um, because of this whole, you know, quote unquote, five star thing. Uh, which match brought me and you together? It was uh, oh, Okada and Omega. Now, this might not be a fair question because it's two completely different matches. But which match did you, and I don't care what the answer is, Dave. I'm just morbidly curious. Did you enjoy Okada Omega better or Roman and Seth better? <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually. Not Seth, ex- Sammy. It's actually an excellent question. Um, excellent questions and crab cakes, Dave. That's what I do. <laughs> In the moment when I was watching it, it's going to be, it's going to be Sammy and Roman. In the moment. But I don't know if I go back and watch Sammy in a Roman. I don't know if I go back and watch that match. I've gone back many times and watched Okada and 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 Omega. It's 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 kind of like, you know, you're a big. I'm a big Cowboy fan. You know, the Cowboys beat the Bills. You know, fifty two ten in that Super Bowl, right? Well, to me, that's the greatest Super Bowl game of all time because my team won. But was it a great game? Probably not. But the emotions that I felt in that game overpower anything else that I've ever seen at a Super Bowl. But, like, there's been better games. That's probably what I would really... I was more emotionally invested in what I saw on Saturday than I was with Kenny Omega and Okada. Fair enough. I just, like I said, I just was curious to know the answer to that question. Uh, and also, you know... I feel like, to me, the greatest WrestleMania match of all time was Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. But what match would I have rather been there for live? It would have been Rock and Hogan. Like, I'd rather have been a part of that Toronto crowd than be at the crowd of Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. And um, I, I wonder if younger wrestling fans can understand and appreciate why guys like us consider rock and Hogan, the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. And it's, and it has zero to do with moves and everything to do with emotion. Yes. I I just wonder if they might not like it better, but I wonder if they understand where we're coming from. Yeah. and, And this is why, and I know this is, you feel the same way. This is why I don't like the star system. Because I think a lot of people will look at that star system and they'll go back and they'll see, well, you know, Rock and Hogan, and I don't know if this is what they got, you know, Gabby or Andre could find this out. But say Meltzer gave that match three stars. 
Well, you know, is a fan today going to go back and watch that match? Because they'll go back and I'll say, well, Meltzer only gave it three stars, so why should I go? But I'll go watch, you know, Tanahashi and Okada because Meltzer gave it seven stars. I'm going to go back and watch that match because it got seven stars as opposed to the three stars that Hogan and Rock did. That's why I don't like the star system because I think it skews, you know, I think it skews things a lot because... You know, was Rock and Hogan a technical masterpiece? Absolutely not. Neither was Hogan and Andre. But you're talking about two of the greatest matches of all time. By the way, uh, Andre looked. Rock and Hogan got four stars. So, to me, go ahead. Dave Meltzer gave TLC2 a higher star rating than Rock and Hogan. And again, TLC2 was was great. But it doesn't compare to what Rock... TLC two was where were the fans emotionally invested in those three teams. Absolutely. But they were responding to the, how high the bar was set and the storyline with the runners rock and Hogan is about two icons standing face to face with just a couple of moves a piece. I mean, look at you love Sean and taker, right? Yes. Sean and Taker went out there and they did a lot of shit, didn't they? They did. They did a Rock lot of Rock and Hogan stuff. did nothing. Yeah, they did nothing. Roman and Sammy did nothing. That's the beauty to me. The, the less you have to do, the more over you are, the less you have to do. And this all goes back to Dusty. Dusty was so over that he didn't need to shine. His entrance was his shine. Dusty was so over that all he had to do was sell and blow a comeback. And I don't think enough fans, it's not understand that because I don't want to make fans sound stupid. Enough fans appreciate, appreciate the beauty of what this art form is when it's done the right way. Yeah, I, I, I think like, and I go back to one of the biggest pops I ever heard was when Hogan beat the Irons, and notice that we speak a lot about Hogan, but, you know, when Hogan beat the Iron Sheik at Madison Square Garden, you know, that that pop that Hogan got when he won that champion, that match was, what, five minutes long? It wasn't, there wasn't nothing technical about, that wasn't some kind of technical masterpiece, they didn't do a, a hell of a lot in that match, but look how that, look how that audience exploded. You would have thought that the Knicks just won the NBA title at Madison Square Garden at night, the way that they react. That's got to mean something, that you can get that crowd that emotionally invested in what you're doing in the ring. And what did they explode for? They exploded for the good guy beating the bad guy. Yes. Not the 450 acai moonsault with a twist. So, I mean, I think I think this is... Uh, I'm actually really enjoying this conversation of how all these matches tie into each other. And listen, Okada Omega is a great match. I can't do that stuff. I could, I appreciate Kenny versus Okada for the athleticism. And the fact that like, to me, the, the fact that for 45 minutes, they could remember all of that shit 
Well, I, and, and I'll, I'll say this quick because we had Lars on, and Lars was at the New Japan show in, in San Jose, and he talked about Tanahashi and Okada, and I think he might have said, and I hope I'm not quoting him wrong, but he said it was a good match, but it wasn't like a great match for him because he's seen it before and he's seen better matches from them, which I would agree with. But I actually, and maybe he had to watch it on TV as opposed to actually being there, but the commentators did an excellent job of telling the story of Okada and Tanahashi, the history between those two wrestlers, uh, you know, what those matches meant. This could be the last time and, and probably will be the last time that they ever meet in the ring and the history of Tanahashi and, you know, how Tanahashi saved this company, you know, where, where New Japan was when Tanahashi became that big star. That got me so emotionally invested in that match that that was one of my favorite matches between those two because I'm not just I'm not just looking at the athleticism or the moves. Now there's a real story between those two. And when there's a story like that and that story is being told in the ring, that's that's so much more important than anything athletic that they're going to do in the ring that night. Dave, how how long did you work for NFL? 13 years. Leading up to the Super the two weeks that lead up to the Super Bowl, what was the most important thing to like the NFL network or the NFL channel? Is it about the actual game or is it about the stories leading up to the game? It's it's all about the buildup. It's all about the stories. That's when you have that time that you have interviews with certain players, get their personal, like, you know, why, how they became football players and their families and everything so that you get emotionally invested. It's not just about that the logo on the helmet. Now you're emotionally invested in the actual players. Again, emotional investment of what's going on in that game. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, Please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.